Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. Guess what it is? It is 2024. Hallelujah. And this is our second podcast of the year. Hallelujah. Now, if you didn't listen to last week, you need to go back and listen to that. We're going to pick up on that thought. We're talking about put the word first. But before we dive into that, I want to say thank you again from the bottom of our heart. We had a phenomenal year last year. And I want to say thank you to all those that you partnered with us in prayer which just simply means this. How do you become a prayer partner for somebody or for us? You just commit to praying for me, for the podcast, for our team, that you are agreeing with us that God would use this, that this podcast would go where it needs to go, and that we would bear fruit to his glory. Hallelujah. And then the other partnership, and many of you participated, and that's financially. And I'm telling you, we had some big givers, and then we had Uh, what some people may say as a small gift, but I'm telling you, every penny just propelled us forward. And I say thank you from the bottom of our heart. Our team is, we are, hallelujah, we were and we are thrilled that you felt led to connect with us. And we give all thanks to Jesus. Listen, if he's genuinely turned your heart towards us, you know it's his orchestration. And he put us together so that we would be laborers in his effort. And if you prayed uh, with us and for us, if you gave uh, any amount at any time, then you have a share in all the rewards for our obedience. And uh, again, I say thank you. And maybe even this year, we can continue our work together. I know the podcast went all over the world. I don't know. gobs of nations you know we had thousands of listeners we're so grateful friends for just a tremendous year now you know when i think back over the stats and i don't really spend a lot of time looking at them because the goal is not to just break those records of course you know you know when i think about the podcast i'm like yeah i want as many people to listen as possible but it's not just for the numbers sake um it 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 has to be friends that uh we're believing that the right people got encouraged, that they heard the word of the Lord for them, that helped them, that strengthened them, that gave them strategy or motivated them to do the right things. That's the fruit that I'm after. And uh, of course, you know, the more people that we're able to get in front of, uh, the more opportunity we have to find those ones that really need what we have to offer. But, you know, if you're going to partner with us in prayer, that's something that we can agree on there is that we really get to the right people that needed uh, this word of encouragement. So join us in that, but but all your help, all your support uh, just furthers the podcast. Now, last year, uh, we uh, shared on many podcasts, I don't know how many times we t- talked about it, um, you know, dozens of times, but the Lord put on our heart to do what we're calling the studio project. We have a facility on our property here that we believe we can put some studios in and it's going to allow us to just go to the next level as far as what we're called to do and to produce content similar to this. There's some other things that we can do. We've got Equippers Academy and University. That's something uh, that we're developing now. Uh, we'll have uh, something like a sit-down interview style type, um, 
you know, uh, content that we'll produce there. And then, of course, we're going to move the, the uh, podcast studio over there as well. If you're watching me now, you can see our little podcast studio here. And this has been great. It's very simple, uh, but it, 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 it just supplements, you know, the actual, the audio content. That's the main uh, output here in the podcast. It's audio, but we do film it so you can watch it as well. But over there in that other, other studio, it will allow us to um, expand a little bit as far as what we're able to do with some guests uh, to have on the podcast. We need some equipment to really facilitate that better. Uh, it allows to do some other things with some camera work over there. And so if you want to participate in that, maybe you did last year, uh, but if you want to continue your partnership there, we're calling it Studio Project. I'm thinking right now, uh, you know, unless just a bunch of money comes in here at the, at, the, uh, at the first of the year, the Lord kind of gave me a target, a certain financial goal uh, that we're looking for before we start work on the actual remodel. I'm thinking that that'll probably be about the fall. Uh, we're just a few thousand dollars shy of being able to start the remodel process. But um, if you want to be a part of that, praise God. If not, just believe with us that the right people will hook up, get connected with us, get on board with that uh, project there. But if you're looking for something to sow into this year, friends, I'm telling you, uh, we would be so grateful to have you as a partner in that project. Uh, so stay tuned for more information about that. Uh, again, I think we'll probably start on that probably in the fall of this year. So be looking for some um, great things. That's the infrastructure, the foundation upon which we were able to produce this and get this out all over the world. Hallelujah. All right, so let's jump back into our thought today. Again, if you tuned in with us last week, then we were dealing with putting the word first, and we talked about the supernatural agency. This isn't just all on you, friends. There is a supernatural reality. There's a supernatural agency associated with that word. And we looked at Mark 4, and if you'll get that word in you, the word and your heart, your spirit, know what to do. They know how to work together. And your spirit will work to produce a harvest on that word. And we talked about dispelling these um, probably one of the most common reasons why people don't get into it is because they say, well, when I read it, I just don't understand it. So we spent time in the last podcast kind of dispelling that and saying, listen, it's less about reading. It's more about feeding. And if you read and you say, well, I just don't understand this, so I'm just going to stop. I'm telling you, that is exactly what the devil wants you to believe because he doesn't want you to know that that word, uh, Mark 4, Go listen last week, but that word by itself will begin to produce a harvest of understanding on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, friends, you may read it today and not un not understand it, but give yourself a few weeks, give yourself a few months, give yourself this year, and I'm telling you that you will begin to uh, have an abundance of counsel, wisdom, and understanding. That word will begin to talk to you and minister to you, friends. Hallelujah. There'll be a day you'll get into that word and you're like, wow, this word is talking back to me. That's that, that's what we call a rhema word. That's, that's when the word becomes a source of wisdom and counsel or answers for something real time right now to you. You know, you're, 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 you're just thinking you're in there, you're reading a Bible story or historical, you know, uh, the archives of something that happened thousands of years ago. But I'm telling you, you know, that's kind of what the natural mind thinks. But suddenly that word, 
something out of that word. There's a principle, there's a concept, there's a truth, which is all eternal. There's wisdom, there's counsel, there's light, there's understanding. It begins to speak to you about something you're facing right now. And you're like, wow, I didn't know that was in there. Well, that's how the Holy Spirit and that's how that living word works. But you got to keep it in front of you at all times. Now, I was talking with Bob and, uh, of course, Bob works behind the scenes uh, most of the most of the time here on the podcast. He's here now. He's running the cameras for us. But we were talking before I sat down to record this and he had just really a really good practical uh, nugget to help people, especially, you know, you know, if you go to church and you feel intimidated or even in your own personal uh, Bible reading times, you feel intimidated. You don't know where anything's at. You don't know where the books of the Bible are. Bob had this really great idea and he said, put like a paper clip or, you know, maybe a sticky note or some sort of marker or a bookmark or something, you know, you can buy them little clips even. So paper clip or clip, uh, bag clip, I don't, I don't know, you'll, you'll find something, but stick it right there on the table of contents. And that way, if somebody says like at church, hey, turn to, you know, turn to Ezekiel or, you know, turn to Jonah or something. And you're like, oh no, I don't know where any of that's at. Listen, it's okay. It's okay that you don't know where some of the books of the Bible are. You know, there's there's times I'm struggling. It's like, man, I don't know where that's at right now. And I'm flipping, 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 flipping. I may flip past it four or five times, you know, and sometimes I'm, I'm I, you know, I have to cast these thoughts down, but I'm, you know, cause I, I pastor a church, so I stand up in front of people. You know, here I, here I am. I can't find you know, the chapter or the verse. And I have to cast these thoughts down of, and what are these people thinking of me? And so do you. You have to cast those thoughts down. Don't let the devil intimidate you out of getting into the Word. So I thought that was a phenomenal, just practical tip. I may even do that myself. In fact, the most recent Bible that I bought, it has the thumb tabs. You know, there's a lot going on. And I don't need to sit there and try and rack my brain of where this chapter is or, 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 or this book of the Bible is. I can just glance down at these tabs and boom, I'm right there. And listen, the devil will look for, he's got a thousand ways to harass you, make fun of you, mock you, ridicule you. Let's, let's just dispel the access. Let's get rid of the access he has to us by doing some of these practical things. You can take a paperclip, stick it right there in the table of contents. Next time your pastor says, turn turn to this verse, just flip flip over there, find out where it's at, come on somebody, and just flip right there. It's wasted time to allow the devil just beat up on you because maybe you don't remember where one of the books of the Bible is. Or maybe you're new to the Bible completely. Well, get you one of those with the thumb, thumb tag or stick that clip right there at the table of contents and go about your business. Hallelujah. Listen, don't let the devil keep you from getting into the word this year. Hallelujah. Now we're going to go a little bit further here than we did last week. We'll see how far we get. But if you have your Bible or a digital Bible, go to John chapter one, John chapter one. And we're going to look at verse one. Now, if you know where the New Testament is, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Hallelujah. You can look at that thumb tab. You know, there's multiple Johns in the Bible. Uh, but John chapter one, verse one, it says this, watch this in the beginning. What's the next phrase was the word. <laughs> now, listen, I hope this just really stands out to you the way it did me. When I was thinking about putting the word first, the Lord took me here and it's like, wow, right here is the reality of it. What was in the beginning? What was first? 
the word. In the beginning was the word. Listen, friends, the word is to always come first. Many times the the word or the Bible is the last thing we counsel from. But we're missing out. Listen, and and I don't want to I don't want to spin this around where you get under this religious thing like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. Listen, it's a strategy. Recognize that the devil's trying to steal from you. Uh you know, and if 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 you'll recognize this strategy against you, trying to keep you out of the Bible, you'll stop beating yourself up for all these various reasons why you're not in it. You'll recognize the deception that's working against you, and maybe some lies you've been believing about yourself that has caused you to put distance between you and the Word. That's all the devil, man. I'm telling you, he knows how powerful this Word is. In Hebrews chapter one, it says he upholds all things by the word of his power. We could say it like this, that all of his powers in his words and the devil can keep you out of the knowledge of his words. If he keep you out of that agency that's in those words, then he can keep you spiritually stunted friends and in confusion and darkness and blindness. Uh, Psalm says the entrance, the entrance of his words gives light or understanding in fact, it goes on to say that it, it literally is understanding to the simple-minded. And you say, man, again, you, you, you say, well, I just don't understand it when I read it. Well, then get it in you, and it'll start giving you understanding of itself. That's what the Bible says. So the reason why you don't have any more understanding than what you already have right now is because you've pulled out of sowing the seed of that word into your heart, and you've limited it from producing a harvest of counsel and wisdom and, and, and understanding. It wants to do that for you. All right, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was, notice this next English word, with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Now that word with, W-I-T-H, it's translated into English from a Greek word, pros, P-R-O-S, P-R-O-S. We would say it phonetically as pros. This word pros is really neat here, and this is what it means. It means intimate. Of course, we're not, we're not carrying it over into sexual connotation, but it means intimate. And with that idea of intimacy is open-hearted and vulnerable. We could say this, that God had a relationship with the word. He was pros, he was intimate with that word and the word was intimate with him. And it was, uh, they were vulnerable to each other. They were open-hearted to one another. This word pros, this Greek word pros translated with, and the word was pros, God, or with God. It means close. It means as close as physically possible. This word's used in other places in the New Testament where that idea really comes into play, that there's actually a distance. It's referring to distance, and in, in, in one instance where it's being used, it's mean, it means that there's literally no distance. I mean, it is as close as physically possible. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, it has this idea of being nose-to-nose, eye-to-eye, cheek-to-cheek. I mean, you are close. There is no distance in there. So you can un- understand then the other concepts associated with it of intimacy, vulnerability, open-hearted, but then physical closeness as well. And when I saw this, I thought, wow, this is phenomenal that we too 
uh, God set an example that he wants us to follow, that we too are to have a close fellowship or a relationship with the word, even as our heavenly father did. In the beginning was the word. I'm telling you, he put the word first. That's what you and I are supposed to do. That's what we're going to do, friends. Uh, There are supernatural benefits awaiting us if we'll put the word first. We read this last week, but I want to bring it again here, Proverbs 4.20. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4, and look at verse 20. It says, my son, give attention to my words. And yes, we are referring to the written word. Listen, there's a strategy out there. I, I may have done a podcast on it. I'd have to go back. It would have been last year sometime. I know I spent several weeks uh, on Sunday at our church. I pastor Grace City Church in Harrison, Arkansas. I know we spent several Sundays dealing with um, the battle for sound doctrine. And in in that course of discussing that, the Lord was showing us that there's a real war against, it's mounting against, the authority of the scriptures. Yes, even the written word. And you have people that are thinking that it's okay to distance themselves from the word. There was one uh, very popular minister, (coughs) excuse me, at one point kind of got in um, what we might say in some hot water. He made this comment. He said that it's okay to unhinge from the Old Testament or unhitch from the Old Testament and what he went on to say to clarify was that, <coughs> excuse me, uh, modern believers today don't really even need the Old Testament. As like the Old Testament really didn't have anything to support their Christian walk today. And I'm telling you, friends, that's what I'm talking about. That's an example of how the word is being diminished. But I'm telling you, if you diminish any part of the word, listen, you need the Old Testament. And let me give you at least one reason why is because all those prophecies uh, the re- the reality of the first covenant that he made with the children of Israel and then all the prophetic words concerning the return of Jesus, it keeps the Jews center stage. And uh, statements like, and whether this guy realizes what he's saying or not, that's not the point, but statements like, it's okay to unhitch from the Old Testament, you don't need the Old Testament, is actually very anti-Semitic. Because God still has a program for the Jews today. Now, you wouldn't know anything about that if you unhitch from the Old Testament. All those prophecies are specifically to the house of Israel, uh, to Israel, to Jacob. And then we find out in Romans 9, 10, and 11, this is where God's wanting the new believer or the ecclesia of the church to know and understand, not become conceited as if they're the only thing God's doing in the earth today. And that's where Paul brought in what God's heart was in the program that still remains for the Jews. You can read that in Romans 9, 10, and 11. (coughs) Excuse me. I have a tickle in my throat. But uh, listen, so you need all of the word, friends. And again, we're seeing this war being mounted against the validity of the scriptures. And so people are thinking you can have a relationship apart from the word. You, you cannot. In fact, Jesus explicitly said that if you don't keep his commands or you don't keep his words, then you don't love him. And he talked about the word abiding in your heart. The love needs to, or excuse me, his word needs to abide in your heart. 
having his words, attending to his words is proof positive, friends, that you actually love him. Now, you can approach it very religiously. Uh, We want to strip all the religious um, trappings out of it. Uh, again, because you can go in there and you can read read the word and just, you know, day one, day two, day day three, let me get my verse in and approach it very religiously. But you have to ask yourself, am I being honest? Am I being vulnerable with the word? Or am I just reading it so that if I have to tell somebody that I actually read the Bible this year or whatever, that I won't have to, you know, say no, I, yeah, you know, you won't have to, you know, you won't feel embarrassed or whatever. But you have to be vulnerable. You have to have an open heart to the word. You have to, you have to approach the word saying, look, I'm willing to be intimate with you, to be open-hearted, vulnerable. Like I'm going to get close to you and I'm going to allow you to examine me. You're going to have to open up for the word to examine you. You know, he said, my words, they're sharper than a two-edged sword. They're able to divide between spirit and soul. Listen, the word knows how to lay you open and, 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 and you, you can't lie against the word friends. It knows how to dissect you. It knows how to uh, get into areas of your life that you don't want anybody to get into. And this is where we're saying, listen, if you don't allow that word to have a relationship with you, if you don't allow that word to examine you, if you're not open-hearted or vulnerable with that word, you are just deceiving yourself. You do not have a relationship with Jesus. All right, Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Several translations, uh, right there in verse 22, several translations say it like this. For his words, it's the understandings we're talking about his words, they are the key to life. I really like that. I mean, I really thought, wow, that is phenomenal. How true that is. His words are a key. The word is a key. You know, we uh, quoted Hebrews chapter one. It says, all things are upheld by words. He upholds all things by the word of his power, meaning all of his powers and his words. Everything is upheld by words. You, you can go into Proverbs, Psalms, or some poetic uh, kind of romanticized language there where it talks about how everything is responding to his word. The mountains tremble, the oceans uh, keep their boundaries because of the word. Everything is upheld by his word. And uh, specifically, all things are upheld by his words, not necessarily our words, <clears throat> uh, but but by the word of power or the word of life. When the word or the words of life are put first place, Everything else must align, align themselves in proper sequence. <clears throat> For example, when he said that even the oceans are held in their boundaries by his word, that's what I'm talking about. His word was first. In the beginning was the word. And everything else has to align itself in the appropriate sequence after the power that's in that word. And if you will put the word first this year, friends, you'll see things begin to change in your life. You'll suddenly realize that there were some things out of order, things that were trying to uh, be in places they weren't supposed to be in, things like lack or delay, things that have been pushing, pulling, fighting, rebelling against the will of God in your life. Well, how do you align those things? How do you realign those things? How do you adjust those things? 
you have to get the word back in first priority. If the word isn't first priority, then you don't have anything uh, enforcing the alignment of all these other uh, things in your life. And they'll rebel against the order. Hallelujah. Who's going to rebel against God, though? Nobody. Even the demons tremble, friends. Hallelujah. Why? Because there's life, there's power, there's authority in the word. And uh, so we got to keep that word first. Acts 17, 28, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. Of course, we know that Jesus was the word made flesh. So we could easily add, without diminishing the concept, of course, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, but we could say, in the word we live and move and have our being. Listen, the word is um, uh, 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 being opened up to us. You know, I think I quoted this in the last podcast, but Jesus said to you, or unto you, and he's talking to the born-again believer, okay? He's not talking about to just any old person. He's talking about the born-again believer. He said, to you, it is given to know the mysteries. Like, there are things within that word that you and I don't quite understand yet. We call them Bible mysteries. They're hidden things, but... Uh, there's another verse that says things are only hidden temporarily in order that they might be revealed. And so this is the relationship the word wants with, wants with you. It's wanting to reveal itself to you. You think it's all on you cognitively, mentally, naturally to read and understand. No, the word has to work with you to get that understanding. But I'm telling you, the word is so desirous. The word is longing to have a relationship with you so that it can reveal these things, that suddenly light would come and you wouldn't have any dark areas anymore in your life. So in the word, this year, listen, you'll put the word first. In the word, we'll live and move and have our being. Yes, it is in Christ. It is in Jesus. But again, he was the word made flesh. And he wants himself to dwell in you. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't have a relationship with the word, you don't have much, if any, of a relationship with Jesus. Again, you could take this and drive this off over into a very religious, cold, and dead reality this this year. I'm encouraging you not to you know, nosedive this thing into some religious activity. But it all has to do with your heart, friends. And again, the word will lay you bare. The word will expose your motive and your intentions. And uh, not only will it expose it, but it, it, it will seek to correct you and I to where our hearts are in the right place, the right relational approach here to um, the word and the reality and the power that's in that word. In fact, the Bible says very clearly that you and I don't see him face to face yet, but in the word we see him. And the word is the mirror. And so we, we are actually right now in this dispensation, we don't have a relationship with him bodily. We have a relationship with him through his word. So again, you can make this something it's not by disregarding what the Bible says about it. And so we want to approach it here open and vulnerable and humble and realize that the vibrant relationship we have with Jesus Christ right now is through his words. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see here. We got a few minutes left. Um, let's go on here a little bit further. Uh, turn with me to John chapter one. 
And I absolutely love this passage. Of course, we quoted John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So the Word was first. But then there was something that happened as a result of that Word being first place. We talked about that. If you'll prioritize the Word, the Word will help you uh, organize. Things will have to reorganize or realign themselves after the priority of the Word. If your life is all disheveled, one way of sorting through that and getting your life grounded and solid and out of the whirlwind is by putting the word first. Building your house upon the rock of the word will just bring sanity to you, okay? All right, but now let's look at another reality of what happens here when the word's first. In John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, all things were made through him. Well, him who, verse 1 tells us, him the word. All things were made through him, and without him, or without the word, Nothing was made that was made. Go down to verse 4. In him, him who? Him the word was life. We could easily say because it's continuous, in the word is life. Now, this is very this is very profound. I mean, to me, it's just like, wow. The word gives life to a thing. Notice in verse 3, there, there was nothing apart from the word. I mean, you can look around. The word created everything. Why? Because the word comes first. Before there's a thing, there's a word. You won't have a thing without the word first. The word must come first. All things are upheld by the word. So the word in the word is life. The word authorizes life. Our faith then puts substance to what was given the right to live by the word. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing what? Hearing the word of God. Man, this is a phenomenal arrangement here. Uh, The word needs you uh, to put flesh upon it. Hallelujah. But in order for your faith to put flesh or substance to something, you need the word to be revealed to you. You need that word to minister to you, to come alive to you, to leap up off the pages so that you can put flesh or substance to whatever he's ministering to you. Hallelujah, friends. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Well, who is Jesus? He was the what? John tells us this. He was the word made flesh. Looking unto the word, the author and the finisher of our faith. Again, right now, we don't have a relationship with Jesus bodily um, unless there is the discerning of spirits. You don't even see him bodily. You and I are having a relationship with him via his word. And the Holy Spirit is taking his word and he's revealing things to us. He's bringing that word up. You know, it talks about having the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit is doing that, bringing up his word. But you got to have that word hidden in your heart. You got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with here by sowing the seed of the word in your heart. Um. Hallelujah, friends. The word is profound. It's powerful. Oh, it's amazing. Can you see now why there's this war against it? Trying to make people think, hey, you're okay if you don't even get into the Bible. You know, and for believers that get caught up in that deception, it's kind of like a, what is it? It's a, uh, it's, it's a bait and switch or a smoke and mirrors. They'll say it's okay to step away from the word because, well, you have the Holy Spirit. 
Well, in John chapter 5, 1 John 5, it says that the Word and the Spirit agree. In fact, they work together. They're designed to work together. The Holy Spirit isn't telling you anything. The Word um, is not contradicting the Word, and the Word isn't contradicting the Spirit. In fact, one has been given to help uh, reveal the other. So anybody who's saying, listen, you don't need the Word. You can just go off over here and go into spiritual things. Listen, friends, you got to be watchful here because... You know, Jesus was tempted even, right? He had this spiritual encounter. And how did he combat it? With the knowledge of the word. The devil was saying this, this, and this. Jesus said, it is written. And without the knowledge of the word, he wasn't, wouldn't have been able to combat that spiritual temptation. You, you and I, I'm telling you, friends, <laughs> we're no match without the word as our anchor. We get off in the spiritual things, Devils can look like angels of light. You get over to that spiritual realm, and they'll as you know, and and, and it's so it can be so deceptive, uh, so deceptive, so uh, what's the word here? I want to say delusional, but what I'm trying to say is that is in that spirit realm, they can make anything look like anything, and if you don't know the truth of the word, you won't a be able to test the spirits and discern the spirit of truth from the spirit of error. The word is that anchor, that rock, that word is that tether that you need, in particularly if you're gonna get off in the spiritual things. So, man, I really caution you about any minister or ministries that's even hinting that it's appropriate uh, to move away from the word because you've got spiritual things uh, to be your guide. I'm telling you, that's, that's just a setup for deception at some point. The further you move in the things of the Spirit, the more anchored in the Word that you need to be. Not less, more. Let me say that one more time. The further you move in the things of the Spirit, if you're having spiritual encounters, um, and, and, and that's not the point of my podcast today. I think I dealt with that last year or the year before. I did several podcasts talking about spiritual realities. Uh, we believe in it 100%, 100%. You know, I mean, there's even deeper things the Lord wants to take us into, other concepts um, you know, translation, different things like that, where these are real spiritual encounters that are only happening on the spiritual plane. Uh, there's, you know, your body's still in, in the physical realm, but your spirit, man, is entering into and accessing the spiritual dimension. If you're having encounters like that, and I, I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's thrilling. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but if you're having encounters like that, you have to anchor yourself more in the word than you've ever been before because the reality of that spiritual realm, uh, demons where you're visibly seeing them, you are, seeing, you're, you are literally having the discerning of spirits, meaning the eyes, your spiritual eye is fully open and you are interacting with that spiritual realm. It's not just a dream. You are physically, uh, spiritually, physically interacting with that realm. Well, you're seeing these demons and they have the capacity to look like an angel of light. They have the capacity to look like whatever they want to look, look like. Uh, and if you're not able uh, to discern the spirit of truth from error, they could tell you something and you believe it. I mean, just last year alone, <clears throat> uh, I think it was last year or the year before, but when we were dealing with this topic, we were covering minister after minister after minister that were falling. They were being deceived because they weren't able to discern the spirit 
<coughs> of truth from the spirit of error. And the only reason why they could not separate or discern truth from error is because they didn't have the knowledge of the word or they didn't prioritize the word to be the final authority and the arbiter in that spiritual realm. Oh, it's, it's dangerous. Dangerous to move into the spiritual realm if you think you don't need the word. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, you're setting yourself up for trouble, unnecessary trouble and unnecessary failure. Uh, in fact, I'm thinking of a brother now that was struggling. And, uh, you know, I just went and I checked on his doctrine. I started listening to some of his sermons. And I began to notice, man, he's getting further and further and further away from the anchor of the word. No wonder he's struggling. Listen, don't let that be your story this year. All right, we're about out of time, so let's wrap it up here. Uh, Hebrews 12, he says, looking unto Jesus. Yeah, looking un, unto the word. That's how we're, that's, that's how we see him. That's what the Bible tells us. You can read that, Corinthians and other places in the New Testament. We're not beholding him bodily yet. We're beholding him through the mirror of his word. And I'm telling you, if, if you turn away from that mirror, you're going to get lost. You're going to get caught up in the delusion and the deception that is so prevalent outside from the light of his word, friends. Last one here, turn to John chapter 15, and we'll close here. John chapter 15, verse 5. So put the word first. Put the word first. There's a supernatural agency in that word. And if you want to bear fruit unto him that gives him glory, then you got to get that word in you. Here's what he said in John 15, verse 5. This is the message Bible. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation is intimate and organic. <laughs> the message Bible, look how romanticized that paraphrase is. But <clears throat> he says, the harvest is sure to be abundant. But then he says this, separated, you can't produce a thing. Listen, understand this, that the word is what does the work in you. The word does the heavy lifting on the inside of you. Separate from that word. Okay, if you go and you look at John 15, you'll find out that he's referring to the word. It's got to abide in you. But apart from the word, you cannot produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me, that goes, goes on to say, anybody who separates from me, the word, is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is when you produce grapes, when you produce and mature as my disciples. That's what the message Bible says. Hallelujah, friends. But did you catch that one little thing here? We'll close with that thought right there. Apart from his word, you can't produce a thing. Get that word in front of you, friends. Hallelujah. Get the seed of the word planted in your spirit, man. Get it in your heart. Keep it in your eyes and your ears this year. If you did nothing else but just said, you know what, I'm going to put the word first. I'm just going to up it a little bit. I'm just going to add to, reinforce my priority of the word. Listen, if you did nothing else but did that, you'll still finish this year strong because out of the word will be your wisdom and counsel. Proverbs says the word is a, a lamp unto my feet. It's a guide into my steps. You don't know what you're doing this year, friends, if you don't have the word ministering it to you. Hallelujah. Hope you got something out of that. Hope you're encouraged to prioritize the word this year. It's phenomenal. It's supernatural. Hallelujah. It's a daily miracle. 
working on the inside of you. You you want to see these demonstrations. You want to see the reality of of that spiritual realm, heaven's spiritual realm. You want to see that uh, Zoe life just break in upon your life? Put the word first, and you will be a witness. You'll be an example of it to everybody around you, friends. Hallelujah. Listen, if we can pray for you, it'd be our honor to do so. You can call us, 870-741-9099. One of our prayer partners will reach back out to you. Or you can send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello, H-E-L-L-O, hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Somebody will follow up with your request. Hey, listen, this has been great. We're starting this year out strong. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.